a Podcast One production. Hi, welcome to Crappy to Happy with Tiff and Cass. Thanks for joining us. In this series, we take you through tips and tools to help you feel less crappy and much more happy. Last episode, we were talking about emotional eating. This episode, we're going to talk about giving it a rest, the importance of sleep. This is a huge topic, isn't it, Cass? This is probably one of my most favorite topics ever. Mm, Mine too. I'm a massive sleep evangelist, Mm -hmm. and I think that we, or well, I know that a lot of people really, really significantly underestimate the importance of sleep Mm -hmm. for mood and for health and for all sorts of things which we will talk about. How does it make you feel crappy not getting enough sleep? Well... That's actually a good question. I mean, we all know that after just one night, for example, of not getting enough sleep, that we can feel tired, you know, irritable mm-hmm. and cranky and, you know, it can affect your mood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might get tearful, you know, if you've had a few oh, nights of I'm not... sorry being there. You just yeah. burst into tears yes. at work and you're like, I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> when you've had not enough sleep <laughs> yeah. for a little while because of pregnancy or yes. young children or whatever. Absolutely. The thing is, from a psychological perspective, we have always known that sleep... Um, problems are a symptom of mm-hmm. mood disorders. So, for example, when I talk to people and I'm assessing them for anxiety or depression, mm-hmm. one of the questions that we ask is, do you have trouble falling asleep and do you have trouble staying asleep? That, Like binging awake at two in the morning is very symptomatic of mood disorders, uh-huh. people who are depressed, for example. Or are you getting a lot of sleep but still waking up feeling tired and not rested? So we've known that sleep problems are a symptom But what we know now is that actually not getting enough sleep or having sleep problems is also a cause of mood disorders. So if you're chronically sleep deprived, it can actually lead to anxiety, depression and Mm -hmm. uh, other issues like that. So it actually tends to become a really um, self-reinforcing, like a self-perpetuating kind of a cycle. And a lot of people, again, like when you talk to people, they don't realize just how important it is to tackle that sleep issue mm. straight away to try to get that sleep um you know more balanced mm-hmm. and you know more regular so in your practice you are assessing people's sleep when they come to you and they're yeah well i'm not a sleep problems. doctor but no, certainly but it comes, it into, comes into, into it it's absolutely yeah. it's, it's a it's a listed symptom wow for you know depression mm-hmm. Yeah, and with with that, can it actually affect your brain and how you think during the day and your cognitive yeah. performance? Like this is fascinating too. So during sleep, your experiences are, la- are laid down into long term memory. So your memory oh. is formed while you sleep. Wow. Um, so you can have problems with memory if you're not getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. You also experience, you know, um, decline in things like focus and decision making. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we sort of get that. You sort of know mm-hmm. if you're not getting enough sleep. What I would say is. We know a lot of people, you know, hear people say, oh, I get by on five hours sleep or, you know, sleeps for the week or you can sleep when you're dead. Mm. <laughs> if you were to put those people, well, we have done, you know, you put mm-hmm. people through a range of cognitive uh, tests and they perform poorly on every single aspect of cognitive performance. Like they just do not, they might think they're functioning, mm. but they are absolutely not functioning. There is a tiny, tiny percentage of the general population who can get by on, you know, less than five hours of sleep. Like That's I, not me. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't. I wish I could remember the stats. Like four percent or something of the general population. Mm-hmm. It's a tiny number. Mm-hmm. So it does affect cognitive performance. Mm-hmm. So studies now show that seventeen hours of no sleep is the equivalent to having a blood alcohol reading of 0.05. <gasps> so 
here in Australia, point oh five is our yeah. is 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 the limit for drink driving. You feel a bit drunk, don't you, when you're tired so like if, that? Keep that in perspective. If you get up at seven in the morning, go mm-hmm. to work all day, go out at night, even without having anything alcoholic to drink, by midnight you're essentially at the equivalent of 0.05 so scary for 17 driving. hours mm. of no sleep. 24 hours, it increases to 0.1. So if you think about people, well, truck drivers, for example, mm-hmm. not that I want to you know, gang up on truck drivers, no. but yeah, drowsy hard. driving is mm-hmm. as bad as drunk driving. It yes. really is. And there'd be some mums out there who work all day and come home and have a sick child and they're up all night and oh, would yeah. experience There's- that. Plenty of people out on the roads every day mm. who wouldn't realise the how dangerous that is. Mm-hmm. The drowsy driving thing causes millions mm-hmm. of, um, y- you know, millions, thousands of accidents. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so sleep can really affect your brain. Can it? Can it bring on the onset of any sort of brain diseases or anything like that? Is there a? There's some implication now of um, sleep disorders, or not? You know, like poor sleep, mm-hmm. chronic poor sleep, and Alzheimer's. So, yeah, and they're still, you know, that's all being studied, but Mm. lack of sufficient sleep over the long term increases a particular level of protein in your brain, which is implicated in Alzheimer's. And so they're working out now. In fact, I just saw something come out yesterday or the day Mm. before about which aspect of sleep seems to be the critical Mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm not a sleep scientist, but Mm -hmm. they're drilling down into like, what is it, which part of sleep is it that is really important for, for Mm. that, um, clearing out that protein that's, Mm. that's associated with Alzheimer's. Fascinating. So your brain clears out. People don't realize that when you sleep, you think Mm. you're just resting your body and your muscles and, you know, all of the rest of it. But actually your brain, it's like putting your brain through the dishwasher. It's like recharging, (laughs) isn't it? It's clearing out toxins that mm. develop during the day. Like a, like your brain builds up toxins all during the day. Does it? So when you sleep, there's certain mm-hmm. proteins and stuff uh-huh. that are damaging. And when you sleep, they all get kind of washed out. Wow. So if you're not getting enough sleep, you're not, you're not clearing out your toxic you. brain. Yeah. Your toxic brain. Yeah. Well, you're just, it's just like eating off dirty dishes. Yeah. Trying to think with a dirty brain. I love <laughs> that analogy. And if it's bad for your brain not sleeping, but it's also, it can be very bad for your body because. Oh, gosh. You, you, well, you'll know yeah, all about this. It, you know, if you don't sleep enough, it ups the stress hormone, cortisol, which we've been coming back to in nearly every cortisol. episode. Yeah, because cortisol um, can make you feel really crappy. And when you have increased cortisol in your system, it can shut down fat burns. So you get that tired tire that hangs around your belly, that stubborn fat that you just can't move. Um, my husband, he's a shift worker. So he, if, if he doesn't get enough sleep and he does very early mornings, four o'clock get up, he gets that tire around his belly, can't shift. And even though he exercises and eats well, it's sleep causing that. Um, and it can slow down your metabolism. Yeah. Sl- not getting enough sleep has impacts also the hormone levels in your mm. body. So the um, the hormone that's associated with the feeling full, like the leptin and the, the ghrelin. Mm-hmm. So the hormones associated with hunger and fullness. So you feel more hungry, increased cortisol, you're more likely to feel hungry for sugary junk foods. Mm-hmm. And then your leptin, which is what tells you you're full, Mm -hmm. goes all out of whack as well. So then Mm -hmm. you're likely to eat more. So lack of sleep or chronic sleep deprivation. When I talk about chronic, people always say, well, how much sleep is a problem? Pretty much from four days of five hours or less sleep, you start Mm -hmm. seeing some of these negative consequences. It happens very quickly, these negative consequences. But so um, chronic sleep deprivation or interrupted sleep is 
basically as big of an implication or big as, as big a risk factor for obesity mm-hmm. as overeating or not exercising. And people don't. People think, oh, I'm going to attack my food and attack my nutrition, yes. but they're not dealing with sleep. Recovery, sleep, hygiene. They're up all night, mm. you know, getting up all morning. Or they're trying, we see all the time mm. people who are sleep deprived, but trying to fit in their workout at 11 o'clock at and night. And what do you say to I them? I say, go to bed. Yes, that's what we say. You need to go to bed because mm-hmm. that is actually going to be just as important or more important for your health and fitness yes. and everything else in your body and your brain. Have a nap, not a workout. Doing a 30-minute workout in the middle of the night. Yeah, we always say that. It's fascinating. Not enough sleep affects your hormones, but there are other physical downsides to not getting enough sleep, aren't there? Well, I think all that hormonal stuff Mm -hmm. is, you know, broad. There's a broad range of issues. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, without going into the specifics of all of the research, we know Mm -hmm. that sleep problems are implicated in a higher risk of diabetes. Mm -hmm. And that's to do with the insulin. Yep, not cleaning Um, out that blood. Mm -hmm. Um, Higher blood pressure and hypertension. And we've already mentioned Mm -hmm. the Alzheimer's. Mm It's actually linked to your longevity. So all of these health issues and risks associated with not getting enough sleep. So when you're chronically shortchanging yourself of sleep, mm-hmm. getting less than, say, six hours of sleep a night, um, you know, we've talked about increased risk of coronary heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, obesity, you know, the, the brain stuff, the Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Um, some studies have shown that it increases your risk of early death by 17 to 24%. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty significant. Oh. When you gob- think about I'm gobsmacked, it. like just from not enough not sleep. Enough sleep. And mm. we've been talking about not enough sleep, but the other thing is that actually getting too much sleep also has I wanted some, to ask you this. Yeah. Also has health implications. So, you know, we need to find that sweet spot. And a lot of mm-hmm. people say, well, you know, how much sleep mm. should I be getting? Mm-hmm. And for adults, it tends to be between seven to eight hours sleep okay. a night. Okay. So there's a very small number of people who can survive on less, very, Mm -hmm. very small number. They're the anomalies. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, some people maybe between the eight and nine hours, Mm -hmm. but anything over nine hours is starting to get, um, create problems as well. Okay. And I have a question about naps. Does sleep debt build up? So if I'm deprived the night before and I can get a 10 minute sleep during the day, say I've got a newborn Mm. (laughs) soon, 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there. Does it build up during the day to back to feeling good? or Because sometimes I'll have a long nap and I feel worse and I feel groggy. So good question that mm. because, yes, having a nap can be really restorative and it can go some way to reversing some of these mm. negative consequences. Um, there is the ideal kind of nap link. Is there? there? And it's found to be 20 minutes. Is that it? I was so happy to hear that because I love a nap. And, me too. And it is a 20-minute event for me. It mm-hmm. is absolutely 20 minutes, I'm awake and I'm good to go again. It is literally the power nap. And if you sleep longer than that, it actually can, it puts you into a different sleep cycle where mm-hmm. you can actually wake up feeling worse. You know when you sleep too long yeah, and you're groggy? So groggy and gross. Yep. So if you're going to have a nap, you want to be aiming for that kind of 15 That's to 20 minutes. That's such a helpful tip. And it is. And this is where you raise a really good point too, mm. if I'm not getting enough sleep, because oftentimes when you start talking about these stats and these problems of not enough sleep, mm. it really scares people because mm-hmm. p- parents with young babies or, you know, your husband's a shift worker. Yeah. People say, well, what do I do, what do, you do? then? Yeah. Um, but I think we need to remember that it can be made up with a nap. Mm-hmm. And I think we just need to keep in mind that the next day, 
perhaps instead of cleaning the floors mm-hmm. or doing the washing, you need to prioritise that nap mm-hmm. because that's the big issue with mums is they say, but I'm too busy. I've got, you know, yeah. tell me sleep when the baby sleeps, but there's so much to do. Mm-hmm. But actually let it go. some of that stuff can be let go because mm-hmm. the sleep is such a massive it's priority issue. Big priority. Okay. So if you're tired and you're pushing through that day and you're still at work or you've come home, you're exhausted and you're picking up work that you didn't finish in the office, mm. should you push through or have an early night and, you know, can yeah. it affect your think, productivity? Well, absolutely it can and it, it can affect your attention to detail. You're more likely to make mistakes, cut corners, mm. just miss things when you're tired. <laughs> I know. I've always sent that email to that person that I was the, the wrong person. <laughs> the wrong person? Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> Worst nightmare. Yeah. Um, and so obviously there, there are always going to be times when you've got that deadline and you have to push through, but Mm -hmm. if you don't have to, then you're probably going to be far more productive and effective because you're wasting time going back and fixing mistakes later. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to get stuff done when you're tired, Mm. um, you know, there's one really famous example of Bill Clinton being asked in an interview if he had any, um, advice for Barack Obama when he was the incoming president Mm -hmm. and Bill Clinton said that, the one thing he would say is that the most costly or significant mistakes he had ever made had been really caused by a lack of sleep <laughs> in hindsight. So you can he make made of, a few mistakes, you, didn't you he? can make of that what you mm-hmm. will. But you know, in the situation room, mm-hmm. uh, you probably want to make sure that you're getting enough sleep mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of those really costly errors of judgment, and that applies to all sorts of not just admin errors, but think about people working in factories and dangerous occupations and flying planes. Oh my goodness! You know, yeah. And when people are pushing through and shortchanging sleep, it's not just them at risk. We're all at risk. And sleep is really important. Also, just, you know, a harmonious home and flying off the handle at your partner and relationships. Exactly. Yeah. Stress, irritability. We just don't have those emotional resources Mm -hmm. available to us to just manage life. You're listening to Crappy to Happy with Tiff and Cass. After the break, we're going to come back and give you some tips on how you can improve your sleep. Stay with us. You're listening to Crappy to Happy with Tiff and Cass. We're talking about sleep, what robs you of a good night's sleep and ways to improve your sleep. So let's talk about how we can improve our sleep. And I want to start with talking about smartphones because for myself, my my problem is being on my phone in bed, which my husband says isn't sexy. And <laughs> it's got to the point where he will take my phone off me and hide it in the house because I'm that addicted to scrolling through Instagram, Facebook, um, emails late at night. And I know it's not good. It's a huge problem. And it's understandable. You are obviously not the only one. Mm-hmm. And you hear stories and you see people all the time. There'll be somebody listening to this right now who's like always on their bed, in their bed on their phone yeah. next to their partner Instead who's of reading. on their phone. And they yeah. just, you know, there's a meme that's gone around like you're the person that I, I could not, I would most want to lie in bed yes. reading my phone next yes. to Yes. And my, my <laughs> husband says to me all the time, he says, I wish I was a an iPhone. <laughs> I wish I, attention. yeah, I would get more attention. And I'm like, mm. and you run an online business, so yeah. it's natural. And a lot of people do. I, my business is through my phone, so mm. a lot of people are very. It's, it's look, it's work, it's work. I've got to be looking. But then once mm. you're in that rabbit hole, it's addictive, and you have trouble pulling away from and it. And I've got to say, I downloaded an app that tracks how many times you check your phone a day, Did and you? I was over 150 times 
checking my phone a day. You know, they build stuff into these devices to make them addictive. Oh, what? Yeah, well, that's a whole other episode. Okay, we'll come back to that. So tell me, Cass, how come... It's so bad for me being on that bright phone in so, a dark room. So what we know about about these screens, mm-hmm. these small screens, is that the blue light behind them actually suppresses melatonin production in your body. So melatonin in, is the hormone in your body mm-hmm. responsible for making you drowsy and putting you to sleep. So in the morning mm-hmm. when you wake up, you have mm-hmm. a surge of cortisol. Cortisol, mm-hmm. we talk about cortisol a lot in a yeah. bad way. Yeah. It's actually very normal, natural. Gets you up and going, doesn't it? Yeah, we mm-hmm. need cortisol to survive. But... Um, it's the chronic overproduction of cortisol that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the evening, if we were going by the stars and the sun, mm-hmm. you know, naturally when the sun goes down, then the melatonin production increases and that's designed to make us drowsy oh. and put us to sleep. So already we have a lot of artificial lights and we're already sort of mm-hmm. t- teaching our bodies to, you know, go by artificial, you know, light and day. Mm-hmm as it is. So, but you add the blue light stuff worse, from, isn't it, the from blue screens light? Mm-hmm. and it is actually literally sending a message to your brain, like sending an alert signal to your brain mm-hmm. when your body is wanting to shut down. So it's actually halting the melatonin <sighs> production. And it, and it can Keep really you awake. upset your circadian rhythms, I guess, because your body thinks it's like daytime with that bright light in the darkness when you're lying in bed. So, you know... Your natural yeah it messes it messes with you. Let's yeah. just say that yeah it's wow. not it's not good. It will keep you it will keep you awake. Mm. So so that's number one. When people are having problems with sleep, when mm-hmm. people tell us all the time that they have difficulty falling asleep, and mm-hmm. it's really it's really widespread. It's very common. The first tip has to be to get off your screens at least thirty minutes before bed. I always say to people, even aim for an hour before bed. Like, just give yourself some downtime mm. away from all of that stimulation mm. of the light from the screen. The other thing is with the phones and computers and all the rest mm-hmm. of it is that it's not actually just the light; it's the content that you're consuming. Yeah. So, the, if you're on your phone and you're getting, for example, messages or work emails or you're seeing things on Facebook that warrant a response. It's constantly kind of triggering you to want to respond, which is keeping you in that active, aroused, Mm. you know, that reactive state state, as opposed to that more calm, winding down, you know, slowing down parasympathetic nervous system Mm -hmm. kind of relaxation state. So it's not just the light. It's definitely also this constant triggering of you to want to press refresh, you know, know, read another thing, scroll, Mm. scroll. That's it, like... You know, like comments. <laughs> but one of the things that I've been doing, which is a great tip, is turning my smartphone into a dumb phone where I turn off the mobile data. So it just works as a, a phone. If there's an emergency, it will ring, mm-hmm. but I can't check Facebook or Instagram or emails. And that is helping rather than hiding the phone <laughs> and Ed running away with it, which might be not be realistic for everyone. I just say, look, I'm turning into a dumb phone, Ed. Leave me alone and it's fine. And so, how do you do that? Just put it into flight mode? Yeah, flight mode or you turn off the mobile data. You can change your settings on your phone to sleep mode. Um, you can change the light setting on your phone. You can make it a little bit less stimulating or turn it into a dumb phone. Yeah. Or you can just leave it out of the bedroom completely. Yes, which, exactly. Which I highly recommend mm-hmm. keeping it out of the phone. And then what we know is that the first argument is, number one, I use it for my alarm. Mm-hmm. So in which case, yes. maybe well, you need to go and buy an, an alarm, old school alarm an clock. old school alarm mm-hmm. clock. Um, or um, the other objection is always 
but you tell us, and I do tell people that mm. meditation is great for helping you sleep. Oh, but but all these apps, all the apps are on your phone. Mm. So the other thing, I learned this from Ariana Huffington's mm-hmm. Thrive podcast, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, she's another massive sleep evangelist. Mm-hmm. And so all of her podcast episodes are all about sleep. Mm-hmm. But she um, she suggested, well, you know, what about getting an old school iPod? So, which is just yeah, tracks, true. like just audio. We've got those. And then you don't have the Facebook and the emails mm-hmm. and all of the rest of it. But you can actually, if there's a meditation app or something, a relaxation audio you want to listen to, you can listen to it on your iPod. That's a really good tip. I think it's a great idea. I was just yeah. like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's simple. That. That's simple. And having your charging station, not next to your bed, but maybe out of the room, in the kitchen or in another mm. room. And while I'm on the Ariana Huffington thing, she mm. also she, I'm going to get on her podcast because mm-hmm. she gives all of her guests this thing called a sleep bed where you put mm-hmm. your phone to sleep in this little bed. It's like a charging station, but you like tuck them in for the night and put them away in another room. And oh, that's I'm going to work out how I get one of those. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> put your phone to sleep. So leave you, it there. Yeah, so you leave it, you physically leave it out of the room so that you're not tempted by it because it's not just the going to sleep, you know, looking at the phone before bed. It's that mm-hmm. often for people it's when they wake up you know, it's the waking up in the middle of the night and then reaching. Like if it's within yes. arm's reach, you're likely, you're tempted you to reach sleep. for it. I think you may have I been. I do that. Yeah. yeah I wake up in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., can't sleep. Look at my phone. Oh, Google this or that. Or, yeah, it's horrible. Well, it's the worst thing that you can do. It mm. just wakes you up. It stimulates you mm. mm-hmm. um, instead of helping you to relax and go back to sleep. Okay. So. Divorcing your device at night, that's one thing. Oh, divorce thing. your device, I love that. Yeah, just at night. That, that's a really solid tip. But, you know, watching Game of Thrones on Netflix is okay, right? It is actually like all screens. We want to be off oh. all screens. Television is just as bad. And again, it can be the content of what you're watching can be really, you know, arousing mm-hmm. your sympathetic nervous system as okay. well. So you're watching... Game, Game of, Thrones, of Thrones, for example, <laughs> you know, maybe not the most relaxing content to be consuming right, right before bed. But no, mm-hmm. we're talking about computers, laptops, um, televisions, iPads, screen iPads, time. all the screens. Just find yeah. something else to do for 30 minutes. And it's really important to teach our kids this too, because I know my teenage brother, he's having sleep issues at uni because he's on that phone all night in his bed. It's not good. It's really not. My daughter's only 11 and mm-hmm. she doesn't really take her, she's got an iPad mini. She doesn't mm-hmm. really take it into her room. But I hear stories all the time of teenagers mm-hmm. who are in their rooms and like the, the parents are saying that they can... In fact, I've had a story recently of a parent mm-hmm. whose daughter's teenage daughter's phone was actually on the kitchen table and it was binging with messages at about 11 p.m. or midnight. Right. And she was actually, she was saying, who are these people messaging my daughter at midnight? Like, why mm-hmm. aren't they all asleep? This is teenagers who mm-hmm. are messaging each other in the middle of the night, just keeping each other awake and obviously having their phones in their room. Mm. It's something to be mindful as a, as a parent, isn't it? Very much so. <sighs> Very okay. much. So, yeah, teaching our kids those screen limits as well. Mm. So before bed, something that's much better to do is to read a book. An mm-hmm. actual paper book is ideal. A what? <laughs> but if you've got a Kindle, well, that's okay. You know, the lighting mm-hmm. in those is different. It's designed, it's not that blue light that's that really um, mm-hmm. stimulating. stimulating light. It's designed to be more of a natural backlight. Mm, I do like my Kindle. Yeah, yeah. It's light. It's easier to hold on to. Yeah. But, you know, reading a book, having a warm bath, mm-hmm. um, meditation, down. cup of tea, you know, something that's kind mm-hmm. of designed to 
tell your body we're winding down now. And we're going have, to sleep now. And that's a really good point. Having a routine hmm. at night where you are teaching your body and your brain it's time. And you think of little kids like babies, you bath them at night and you you know, they respond to that routine as well. And they start to associate those things. Yeah. Their body and brain starts to associate that this is the order that things happen and then I go to sleep. Uh-huh. And we all can benefit from that. We all learn from those same associations. Mm-hmm. So you know, having a warm shower, having some, like I often will say to people, like obviously no coffee. We want to get a coffee yes. and alcohol. Mm-hmm. They will both stimulate. I was going to touch on that. Yeah, yeah food. We, we can probably come yeah. back to that. But there's a, you know, some herbal teas are really calming, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. bedtime Chamomile. tea. Mm-hmm. Yep. So something like that, mm-hmm. you know, as a nightly sort of ritual, it has the physiological effect of mm-hmm. being relaxing. Yeah, it's body. beautiful. Um, as well as, you know, being coming part of that nighttime routine. Yeah, it's mm. so important and creating a few boundaries mm-hmm. where people will work, people in my business, they were calling me six, seven o'clock at night and I had to say, you know, seven o'clock, you won't get on to me, my phone's off. And then, you know, people just will stop calling. You've got to create those boundaries sometimes as yeah, well. Even absolutely. with your friends, if you yeah. text me late, I won't get back to you till tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And being mindful of that in a workplace, I think mm. is really important. If you're sending emails to people constantly mm. <laughs> around the clock, what sort of examples it's setting and what sort of messages it's sending. Mm. It's not good for anybody. You're available. You're, you're yeah. on. Yeah. You're on. You're on. Yeah. Turn it off, people. So you just mentioned, Cass, alcohol and coffee. And I, I think this is so fascinating because I read some research that the alcohol actually in a course of a night, we usually get about six or seven REM sleep cycles, which leaves us feeling really good. However, a night of drinking alcohol, like, you know, one or two glasses of wine, will typically only have one or two cycles because initially we'll go to a deep sleep because the alcohol puts us into a deep sleep. But as then the alcohol wears off, you wake up yeah, and you, you're robbed of that deep, deep sleep. So it yeah. can really affect it. And it's the uh, like that REM sleep, the rapid mm. eye movement sleep, that is where a lot of this um, important stuff in your brain actually mm-hmm. happens. So, yeah, you're right. Alcohol will – oftentimes people think that it helps them to relax and to go to sleep, mm-hmm. but then what happens is that you'll go straight into a, quite a deep sleep and then some hours later it sends – it actually triggers an alert system so it mm. wakes you up so that you're not getting that REM sleep. So – you know, if you're going to have a drink, just make sure, again, that there's a good it's, – it's not like in those last mm. few hours right before bed. Yeah. Um, you know, so all the screens and the caffeine, it's just like making sure that there's a pretty solid space mm-hmm. between any of those activities sugar. and when you're actually planning to go to mm-hmm. bed and to sleep. Oh, well, you can tell us about sugar. What is Yeah, that? well, that's just a stimulating, you know, chocolate as well. Yeah. Um, it, it, all these things that we might have as a dessert or a treat late at night in front of the TV is quite stimulating. And even um, I've read some of my members, they have decafs late at night. They love the taste of coffee, so they have decaf coffee, but you have to decode your decafs. A lot of decaf coffee actually has a little bit of coffee in it. And I know that being pregnant, you have to be very careful when you're looking into decafs and things like that. So I would even stay away from decaf coffee late at night as well. Yeah. 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 And other foods that can affect uh, spicy and fatty foods. I've heard that too. They cause heartburn. So that will keep you up and stop you from falling asleep or wake you up. Foods containing a chemical called tyramine, which includes like bacon, cheese, nuts, Red wine can keep us really alert and awake. Really? Um, tyramine causes the release of noradrenaline, 
a brain oh, stimulant. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you can probably tell us more about that. Carbohydrates such as bread and pasta can have the opposite effect where the serotonin release can actually make you more sleepy, but then eating carbs late at night, sometimes that can impact your weight so it's not so good. Right. But um, also you have to be really careful of just black, black tea. That's got caffeine in it. Looking it has. for decaffeinated black tea can be a trap. Yeah, and look, I've got a friend who she will have a coffee at night time. She says it has no impact oh, on her my sleep. My mum's like that. At Don't all. believe it. Well, I think it's probably a personal thing. You have to like check, caffeine sensitivity. Yeah, check in yourself mm. what's appropriate. I mean, I I would normally say to people no caffeine after like two p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, because it gives you like a really nice long window. It mm. gives plenty of time for that to be metabolized mm. out of your system. But I know people who will have a coffee after dinner or a tea, black tea mm. after dinner, and they don't seem to think that it has. Any negative effect. So maybe it is a bit of a personal thing, Mm. but maybe it's also that the quality of sleep is actually being affected without people Mm. realising And another another thing that can be quite stimulating is working out late at night. Um, Sometimes it can make you tired, but (laughs) often I find that it will pump you up. It does. And a problem for me, my black belt class is an 8.30 class. And so I I was finding I just couldn't sleep afterwards. So that's why now I'm like, "Mm, I'll have to try and change the timetable there because I'm keeping all my students up with that. It really is quite stimulating. Mm, Mm. I was even finding the same with a yoga class. Yeah, they're quite late. Yeah, they're late at night and I get Mm. home and I'm kind of all feeling up and energized mm. <laughs> which i get sleep. because you know you're working and you want to go to a class after work but maybe think about doing, doing a stretching morning. or doing it from home or getting up early and doing a class before work yeah. i'm not sure it's Everyone's got a different schedule something that really helps me and it's my own fault because i have plantation shutters in my bedroom so a little bit of light leaks in from the street at night it's not complete darkness and that can be quite stimulating but just wearing an eye mask the darkness can help stimulate the melatonin the sleep hormone can't it yeah and that's a really simple fix if you just can't fix the lighting in your room um that can help but do you have any other tips to help us have a beautiful sleep well I certainly recommend for people who have difficulty with sleep to start with, apart from what we've already discussed, Mm -hmm. obviously, to have a really consistent sleep and wake time. A bedtime. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And make that consistent throughout the weekend as well. Because um, your body responds to a routine. Mm. And so I also say, well, what time do you need to be up in the morning? Mm Mm-hmm. Because what happens is people will stay up. Uni students, I know them, Mm. people will stay up in their night hours. So they stay up until like ridiculous one o'clock in the Mm. morning. And then, but they have to be up and they know Mm. they have to be up at six or seven to get where they need to be. So I say, well, what's the latest that you need to be out of bed? And then let's work back. Mm -hmm. What time do you actually need to be in bed to give yourself the opportunity for eight hours Mm -hmm. of sleep, which is the optimal eight hours sleep? And then working back from there, so okay, so if we've decided that you need to be in bed at 10, Mm -hmm. then working back from there, what time do you need to start shutting down devices, turning off the TV, what time, you know, then what will you do, what will be part of your routine, Um, the warm shower, changing into pyjamas so your body knows that it's bedtime, Um, you know, having the herbal tea or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. reading the book. You know, I love to diffuse. We haven't even mentioned I, I love to diffuse lavender oil in my oh, room. Oh, yes, essential it's oils. Quite, quite calming mm. as well. I love it in the bath as well. Nice in the mm-hmm. bath as well. Um, and so work backwards mm-hmm. and then, you know, if you have to set yourself alarms and reminders that, oh, it's time to start winding down for bed, mm. and then you start taking yourself through that 
process, Mm -hmm. but it's the consistency because there's no point, you know, kind of having that consistency all during the week and then just it all going out the window Mm -hmm. on the weekend and you have to get yourself back into the... Yeah, relapses a bit, yeah. Into the routine again Mm -hmm. on Monday. That is so helpful and it's amazing that you can be at home feeling crappy and really it's just sleep hygiene. It's just getting your sleep Sleep, on track. Sleep hygiene. And then you feel great and there's resilience and then, yeah, you might feel like, adding in a workout or adding in addressing your your food and what you eat and things. But often people come to us saying, I feel so crappy. I need a personal trainer. I need to overhaul my diet. And it can just be their sleep. Get some more sleep. Mm. Then you can tackle. And I always say to people, as a good indication of not getting enough sleep, is if you have to wake up to an alarm every morning and if you're pressing snooze on the alarm because you're waking oh. up feeling tired. I never, pretty much never set an alarm. That's amazing. So I just wake up naturally. Wow. I've always been an early yep. riser. So mm-hmm. I know some people are more of a night owl kind mm-hmm. of a person. But it, regardless, if you're getting enough sleep, your body will naturally wake up when it has had sufficient sleep. So if you are a person relying on alarm clock, that's a pretty good indication cool test. that you need to be working backwards and getting into bed mm-hmm. earlier. That's really cool. I've got one more tip. Mm -hmm. For people who are chronic insomniacs, and I know that there will be one listening Mm -hmm. right now saying, this is all really well and good, but I've tried all this and I just cannot sleep. Um, And, you know, sometimes people end up going and taking sleep medication, things like Mm -hmm. that. We don't want to talk about, you know, there are those options out there. Mm -hmm. But I say to people, if you're lying in bed and you can't sleep, then just focus on resting. Focus on putting your hands on your belly and feeling the movement of the breath in and out of your body and just mm. feel how your body relaxes and sinks into the bed. Because what most people do is they wake up and they immediately start going into stressing about the fact that they're awake. Oh. And then that angst and that anxiety, they're looking at the clock, they're counting down the hours until I have Can't to be sleep. up, anticipating how crappy they're going to feel the next day. And then that just makes the whole thing Torturous. worse. So if you can just focus on the fact that rest is actually very restorative, mm-hmm. same as meditation is very restorative. So even if you're not sleeping, you're still getting a whole lot of benefit by resting, resting your body, resting your brain. And I often find, if it happens for me, like I just do that thing where I just focus on my breathing, mm. your brain can't be in two places at once. So if there's a lot of stuff in your head and you're focusing on your breathing, it can switch back and forth. But by focusing on your breathing and the physical sensation of the breath, you, you brain literally cannot be up in your head stressing. So you bring it back to your breath over and over, and I usually find that that actually helps. I just go to sleep. That is so helpful. Yeah, I do, and my daughter is 11, and she's been doing mm-hmm. that since she was five. That's yeah. how she gets to sleep as well. She just That's focuses awesome. on her breathing. She's like, oh, I do the breathing thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so don't stress. It makes yes. things worse. Cass, I always wake up in the middle of the night. So am I better to just lie there and rest and just concentrate on the resting or should I get up and do something, make myself tired and go back to bed? I th- yeah, good question. Yeah. Um, if you can lie there and be resting for a while but you're finding that you're really, you know, you're wide awake and you're not getting sleep, then sometimes it's actually better to get up and leave the room, mm-hmm. get out of the bedroom because you don't want to have that association of wa- being awake in bed. Mm-hmm. You want your bed to be associated with rest and sleep. Mm-hmm. So going into another room, the key is here not to go to another room and turn, you know, pick up yeah. your phone or turn on the TV and go <laughs> to the blue to light. That email, yeah. <laughs> but maybe to read a book by a dim light, mm-hmm. um, do something that helps to make you feel tired again and mm-hmm. then put yourself back to bed. Okay. One thing, I don't know if there's any science to this, but what I used to find 
um, when I would have difficulty sleeping, if I was lying there for you know a long time and really couldn't sleep, if mm-hmm. I took myself into the spare room, we always had a spare room made up in our house mm-hmm. for visitors. If I went in, hopped into a different bed, I would fall asleep. I don't know what it was about that, but mm-hmm. if I couldn't sleep in my own bed, I would go and I'd fall asleep in another bed. It was just mm-hmm. some change of scenery or change of pillow or something. Yeah, sensory. So maybe that's something okay. you can try as well. Okay, <laughs> couch, try yeah. it. Well, Cass, thank you. That's so helpful. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> I think it's so helpful. You're listening to Crappy to Happy with Tiff and Cass. The next episode, we're going to be talking about self-sabotage. A really good one. We'll see you soon. Crappy to Happy was recorded in the Podcast One studios. Produced by Dave Zwolenski. Audio production by Nick Slater. For more episodes and to check out other great podcasts, head to podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app.